ladies and nerds, welcome back to Press Play, our first episode of 2023. It's a long time coming, but you knew we had to get together to talk the Oscars. And, well, to talk the Oscars, who do we need? Well, let's go ahead and grab them. Let's grab the original Nerdcast, Nerdcast crew. We've got Tyler here. Um, Hello. Ty- did you win last year? Is I that did right? win or- last year. Okay. I don't I want to talk about it champion. All right. <laughs> then we do have Adam, our vote from the heart. Uh Nerdcast, well, he's champion of our heart too. We'll call him champion of our heart for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't win, and that's fine. I'm that's okay. fine. And then um, our newcomer to the pigs, who's been on plenty of our live stream content and everything, uh, joining us at all the conventions. But Aaron, who will also be here picking today. Hello, Aaron. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, pretty excited for my very first Oscar pick episode. Yeah, so Aaron's job here is to just beat Tyler. She is what every fan <laughs> is rooting for to make sure Tyler doesn't come in first or second or anything. That's that's right. it's a lot of pressure, Aaron, because he does a lot of research and he's prepping. Um, but before we started, and we'll do some mild talking beforehand, but I do just want to introduce that we are recording this ahead of time. Uh, so as Tyler was talking about before we started recording, uh, we just are coming off the Producers Guild. We haven't even had the Screen Actors Guild yet. So we are still shy of some other awards that help us do our predictions. Uh, so even though this won't air until the week before, we're recording a week earlier and it could impact uh, could impact Tyler could be screening yeah. to us. Well, and this is one later. of the first times ever because like they've moved so much to the award season of but moving Oscars up as much as they did. Like Os- the actual Oscar voting for the winners doesn't start for another like four or five days. Like the ballots don't go out until what, like March second, I think this year. So, I don't know honestly. The dates, like you said, the dates have all changed so much. I really don't know. I also, I don't know how I didn't notice this because we've been talking for about fifteen or so minutes. Adam, what happened to your beard? <laughs> Adam's beard. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say anything, but, but uh, yeah, no, I needed to to shave it off. Had some medical stuff going on, so uh, just. Keeping it trim, keeping it tight right now. That's all. Okay. Okay. I just, I don't know. I, I, I now that I've seen it, I can't unsee it. I wasn't going to, I, I, it clicked with me after we started. So I wasn't going to say anything in the middle of the podcast, but like why, when he first came on, I was like, I mean, that looks kind of like Adam, but it looks kind of different. <laughs> <laughs> it's really place of what's wrong. Is Carrie, is that Carrie? Here? Did he lose some weight that. or what's going on? Um, yeah. He no, lost about no. 10 pounds of hair there. That's what he <laughs> yeah, lost it. Maybe. <laughs> There you go. Um, awesome. Well, I'm really excited to be back together with all of y'all. It's been um, a while. I, I will say we're gonna make Adam jealous a little bit. It's been a it's been a, almost a year since all four of us have actually been together in purpose or in person purpose. We've been together on purpose <laughs> since then, too. Um, but Tyler, we saw um, just about a month ago on my twice. first ever trip to Ve- actually that's yes, true twice. The, my <laughs> first ever trip to Vegas, Adam Tyler drove through. He stayed here Friday night and then we went to Vegas and we saw him Saturday night as he continued driving through to get to Vegas. So, um, in the middle of my 28 hour drive. So, it was a good time. Oh my gosh. And he <laughs> had sushi your... two nights in a row. I did have sushi two nights in a row. Not on purpose, but it just happened. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. I was going to say, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Those are happy accidents, right? Those. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was quite a trip to Vegas as well. Our luggage was lost. My first trip there, but we did consume plenty of food as well. Um, but next time we go, Adam, you'll have to join us in Vegas. We'll have to fly, get you to fly oh, that's out. That's such a 
That's such a long flight. My worth word. it. Worth it for like a 48-hour 40, trip. I think that's worth it. <laughs> for a 48-hour trip. 20 hours of plane flight? Yeah, sure. You, you gotta know. you gotta come home and see our new terminal now, though. I still haven't seen it yet. I have to fly Ooh. back and go see it. MCI? Um, yeah. Oh, nice. Now. Okay. Okay. And we will we will have to mention it since he did uh accidentally put the shirt on the chair behind him there. Obviously, uh, Tyler and Adam are still celebrating a Super Bowl championship right there, here. Right there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about at all. You know, <laughs> you know what? To be honest, though, we haven't recorded also since uh, uh, since another championship, so I, I will mention it. No, uh, no one watches baseball. <laughs> no one watches, there we go. Um, so, all right. Well, enough sports ball. Let's talk it. This is the our insert number of annual Oscar pick them. I did a lot of research ahead of time, obviously, um, for the 2023 Oscars, celebrating the best of movies in 2022 or celebrating who markets the best of their movies in 2022, maybe. A little accurate there. There, There is an art to an Oscar campaign. <laughs> there is an and art. There was, and it was actual, there was actual, like, serious, like, backlash to a campaign this year. Oh, big time. Big time. Uh, somebody use social media and it was so effective that the academy felt uh something wasn't right with it they're like wait all these old white people are like what is social media can't have that big of an impact can it 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 made me go see the movie and i don't know that i would have seen it otherwise into leslie's so and it uh, was andrea riseborough right into leslie it had at the time also has mark maron in it oh Oh, that's right. Because I did watch the trailer. I didn't see the movie, but I watched the trailer afterwards. But at the time of its nomin or her nomination for Best Actress, it had grossed twenty three thousand yeah, dollars. Something like that. It had been in like three theaters or something. Mm-hmm. Very, lim- very, very limited release. Not counting like festivals and stuff. So now, on the other hand, because I have read a, a number of articles as of late about the you know the kind of the lost the two things. The the first thing cover is you know how the big movies don't really do it anymore. And obviously when we start going through these picks, we're going to talk a lot of big block blockbusters. Of course um, we have, well, now the third highest grossing movie of all time, Avatar two is got some nominations, but what I, I think Steven Spielberg has credited as saving the box office this year is uh, top gun Maverick with the own the summer. I think it's the only way to really put it just completely owned it. Uh, so a couple of huge, huge films there. Um, but the thing is, is that I read an article that was interesting before we start picking about how the way it is now, the way movies are presented and shared with us, that the art of discovering those indie films that get nominated for awards is no longer really there anymore. And I don't know what you think about that, but to, to give a little more detail before I get y'all's opinions on it, as I read it, I thought about it. I was like, you know, 10 years ago and movies will be nominated there'd be like three or four films that i hadn't heard of and then i go seek them out now those you've you've heard of every film except for two two leslie i guess would be the only one that counters this argument um because if it's not even the art artsy films the award favorites half of them are found on a streaming service or put out there or as we even mentioned the marketing for these films have changed so i don't know what are y'all's opinion before we start picking on that the way movies are given to us has kind of changed the art of finding the film. I mean, it's definitely been a gradual change because even, like, once streaming became kind of mainstream a few years back, you couldn't necessarily find all these movies on streaming or in theaters. But once they started getting buzz, once they got critical acclaim, then like come award season, 
all the streaming services be like, hey, here's our chunk of, here's Amazon Prime, here's all the award ones, here's Netflix, here's all the awards that we have the access to. So that started happening. But like you said, yeah, I can remember 10, you know, 15 years ago when we were in college having to like drive to Lawrence to Liberty Hall to like see like a one-time showing of some indie flick that, you know, was getting a lot of buzz or drive to all the way to Kansas City, drive to like a city that had like a boutique theater that would show something. Um, right. And you definitely don't do that anymore. You literally just go to Google, type in the name of the movie, and then on the right hand, find the streaming service that's on, click on it, and watch it, and call it a day. Right. So. Yeah, it takes some of the mad- magic out of it, maybe. But is that a bad thing, either? I mean, because then maybe more people have access to some of these films than would previously have had access. Well, you countered my question there. But yes, that's a that's a great, that's a great ask on your part. I would say it has its, like you said, you you introed with it. It takes a little of the magic out of it, but how many people are like, how many people are recording podcasts about picking your Oscar favorites? Right. So it's, it's hard when I think about that too, because you know, when I'm thinking about purchasing physical media still, and we're watching all of these brick and mortars, just take them off the shelves. Like they're not at Best Buy anymore. Targets hardly carrying anything. Right. And people I'm seeing online complaining about it, but I'm like, how many people are really searching out collector's edition movies, still books are looking at these, but you know, they want the streaming. So it's it's hard because we often look at it through our lens. Yeah. Well, that, and, and, well, I mean, I think I think for me, if you guys really wanted to go see those, I'm sure they're still in the theaters. Have you looked? I mean, that's there. Listen. Therein lies the question, <laughs> right? Like, so so just because they're also streaming doesn't mean they aren't also in a in in a small boutique theater somewhere. Now, how many small boutique theaters survived Corona and and all the lockdowns and everything like that? I know here in in England, it's it's not a big number. It uh, wasn't a big number to begin with, and it's even smaller now. So, but it, but I, I would guess you could still see them, and you might even be able to see them in bigger theaters and easier to find in a in a in a theater. But I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it depends on where you live and, and what's going on. I'm I kind of lean towards with Aaron though. I think the egalitarian nature of it, allowing more people to see it, will always be better. Right. For me, anyway. Tyler, you had something to add? Well, I I think it's just to tack on to what you were saying about how we're not the normal audience to go out and buy the movies. We're also, like, just because all these movies are available on streaming does not mean that many people are watching them. It's easier for us to do what we were going to do anyway. You still, like, that's not like people are still, like, going and watching all the short-form documentaries now because they're super easy to get on. They're still not... I don't think they're they're seeing a slightly larger audience than they would have before, but I don't know that the, the uptick is. I don't know how much it moves the needle, right? In, so over, last over years past. Last question around this before we start diving into the pickums because this is a an extended episode. We take a little bit of time. Is do you think this is allowing for Adam and Tyler? Y'all especially know because we've done this now for eight to ten years, and there's been coverage of it about number of these movies don't even get seen by the Academy voters themselves. They're voting based on popularity or hearsay. Do you think this availability on streaming services, more exposure is actually, I guess we're guessing here, but is the Academy members of the Academy actually watching more or are they pretending still? Well, I mean, they were getting sent screeners to begin with. Like, yeah, they, they had full access the whole they time. They didn't yeah. have to go. Like, I don't know that there's anyone who wasn't watching it before that's watching them now. Maybe before they're nominated now, there's a better odds of them having seen them. But if they didn't have the wherewithal to the motivation to put the screener in and watch it, I don't know that they're going to 
so maybe have to boot up Netflix for it, or right. Yeah, you, so might have, you might have you might have more of the PAs that are that are watching. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, what was that one year where that copy got out there with Ellen's name on it, and it was her PA who leaked it or something like that. So, anyways, all right, let's do this. Let's cue that uh, beautiful theme music for the episode. And there's a graphic going on here, and I just making this all cool, you know, not seeing our faces for those of y'all watching video. Um, for those of you turning into the audio, you, you have to guess about it all, what's happening on, on the screen anyways. But we're going to go into this, these Oscar pickums, and I'm excited. This is fun always. Let me get all my screens ready. I have everything pulled up. What we do quick, and we make them quick because none of us, as you mentioned, have seen a lot of these either. Let's hit up those short films. So let's get these that we usually consider our tiebreakers, our guessers out of the way. Um, and we're going to pick on best documentary short first. Normally, I would say, Aaron, you're new first, but I know you're a little nervous about picking first. So we're going to make Tyler pick first here <laughs> for best good. documentary short film. We've got The Elephant Whispers, How, 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 did you, how Do You Measure a Year, The Martha Mitchell Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. Yeah, I have to admit, I, tr I usually try a lot harder. This year, I was really busy during kind of award season. Plus, it's been truncated. I have seen exactly zero of these um, so i'm going to go entirely off of what other like critics awards have been given out and some vegas odds and i'm going to go with the elephant whispers it has the most buzz it's won quite a few um critics city choice award kind of stuff so feel pretty good about i don't i feel as good about that as you can about short form documentary in any given year so all right adam sir what are you thinking yeah, same strategy as Tyler, and it it, it is the the odds-on favorite there, the Elephant Whispers, because um, I know absolutely nothing about any of these movies, so that's where I'm at. Aaron, well, maybe I should have gone first because <laughs> I did a little research, and that was going to be my pick, also. Well, let's call it a queen sweep, a clean sweep, because I'm going there as well for the same purposes. I think. Um, yeah, we've all had crazy busy years. Um, and unfortunately for this and live action short, I don't want to speak for y'all, but I'm assuming same kind of, boat. I, I really have no idea what's happening here. Uh, but the Elephant Whispers, I've heard of quite a bit. And as Tyler mentioned, it's getting some buzz. So we'll start there. Uh, best animated short. Now this one's always fun because one thing about that whole mention of these landing on streaming services, I've started to see more of these over the past couple of years because you'll see them. A uh, big mention, of course, I think that was just last year's Netflix winner. I very aware of it. I purposely did not watch it because the subject matter of sending the child to school and, and things. But point being is it's it's there now. Um, and best animated short has the boy, the mole, the fox and the house, the flying sailor, ice merchants, my year of dicks and ostrich told me the world is fake. And I think I believe it. First of all, this might be the best collection of titles <laughs> in any category. <laughs> That's, that's um, but, easy, yeah. Right, uh, Adam. We'll let you start here. Uh, well, picking based on the titles, I am going with an ostrich told me the world is fake, and <laughs> I think I believe it. All right, Aaron. What are your thoughts for best animated short? <laughs> um, this one, I I was also kind of looking at what some of the favorites were. I'm gonna go with the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. All right. Um, I was actually thinking the boy, the mole, that's the favorites that again, like the elephant whispers seems to be, if you just, if you Google search any of these titles, that's the one that's getting it. Yeah. However, I have read some fun articles on my year of dicks. I, I want to pick that because of what the content is about, but because the title's a little provocative, this goes back to the, 
the older white academy are they actually picking it so i guess i just was going to pick something different and just changed my rate here on air i'm going to stick safe <laughs> for now the boy the mole the fox and the horse tyler what are you thinking i have actually seen a couple of these um and i'm gonna go with one of them i have seen it is fantastic it also won the Annie Award and the BAFTA Award for this category, and it is the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. So, has some really good voice acting. Indris Elba is in it. Gabriel Byrne, right? Very good. And the book it's based on is a really good children's book. So, if you ever want to pick that up, right? Perfect. All right. So, best live action short. Let me get that list pulled up here. An Irish Goodbye, Ivalu Les Pupil, Night Ride, The Red Suitcase, Aaron. You le, get to go first, finally. Le pupil. I'm not saying that very well. Le pupil. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess that comes around to me, and I'm going to agree with Aaron on this one. That's like the other two categories. It's it's a front-runner favorite, um, which is odd. And uh, Tyler and Adam, as y'all pick, I, I don't know if we've ever had in digging such clear, like these seem to be the choices, right? I don't know. But anyways, Tyler... Best live action short. I'm probably going to end up regretting this. I'm going to go off this because there's one that's also gaining some buzz, not quite as much as Le Pupil, and that's <clears throat> An Irish Goodbye. And I also mm -hmm. just love that title. So I'm going to go with Irish Goodbye. Irish Goodbye. Uh, yeah, definitely. Adam, you're mu I think you're muted. That's unfortunate. It's an Irish Goodbye. <laughs> an Irish Goodbye. All right. We're splitting the field here. Um, perfect. All right. So that's it for the shorts. Uh, oftentimes, these in the past have led to being tiebreakers. We do have a couple of categories where we've picked separate. So there's possibility it could be here as well. But I do think when we get into some of these bigger ones, we do have a lot of le less uncertainty this year. So it's a possibility we could see something different. But we're going to get into some of the, um, well, before we get the technical awards, but be below the line awards, uh, best makeup and hairstyling. And if I go around the list oh i needed to put my list in the order this is me to go first i guess um oddly i've noticed a few sites in the vegas odds on the whale and i don't know if i trust it i think this is a chance for certain movies that would that should be getting recognized in the later to not that aren't so i'm really kind of on the fence between black panther and elvis here and i think um i think i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out on a limb here and pick elvis which i'm not seeing on a lot of websites or early predictions but i think it's a i don't think elvis is going to get well awarded on oscar night and this is a chance for it tyler what are you thinking you're making a um Black panther not so much but elvis i think if elvis wins i would not be surprised i think it's probably second to the one I'm going to pick, but I think the whale, just the, the Brendan Fraser transformation is going to get the win just for, it is the showiest piece of makeup and costume. I mean, makeup and hairstyling that's nominated this year. And I think it's not that Austin Butler's wasn't really good, but I think the Brendan Fraser transformation is the, it's the showy piece. It's the one people know about. I think it's going to mm -hmm. get the votes. Adam, you're nodding. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely between those two. And I think, Tyler pinned kind of both reasons why. I mean, Brendan Fraser's transformation is insane, but having to to pin Elvis and everybody can everybody knows what Elvis looks like, right? Everybody knows the outfits that he wore. Everybody knows all of the things about his life. 
it's just so ingrained in, in public consciousness, certainly for the generation above us. But, you know, even I remember growing up watching Blue Hawaii movies and stuff like that. And so I think it's going to be Elvis just because All right. it, it, it's, it's hard to replicate something that everybody remembers. That's a good point. Aaron. Oh, there's a lot of good points, actually. This one I was kind of on the fence about when I was making my decisions earlier, but I ultimately went with the whale because, yeah, because the crafting a realistic and accurate fat suit, basically, that it, that you believe is really mm-hmm. difficult. And I think that, and that was a big part of the movie. And I think it was really, really well done. And there's a possibility that they'll recognize that. So whale is my pick. All right. Uh, Next category is costume design. We've got Babylon, Black Panther, Elvis, everything everywhere all at once. And Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I love saying that title. But uh, (laughs) Tyler, this is start for you. I mean, is this going to be a quick pick for all of us here? Is this a pretty obvious one or are you you straying from? I think this is a I think this is a coin flip one as well. I think really I don't I think it's even closer than makeup and hairstyling was. Um, Elvis and Black Panther, I think, are could easily win this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Elvis. Okay. Um, but Black Panther very well could win this. All right. Adam, are you in agreement with him or I am in agreement with him that that we are a two horse race. I am in disagreement as to which horse is going to win. I think it is going to be Black Panther. I don't think the first one won for this category, but there was so much buzz about how they designed the costumes for that movie that I think this one wins almost like, uh, you know, a lot of the return of the King awards for Lord of the Rings are like, yeah, the whole thing's great. Give it to him. Aaron, what's your thoughts on? Well, I think that I know black Panther is definitely a contender. I think that between best makeup and hairstyling and best costume design, I'm going to go with Elvis for best costume design. Okay. All right, we're splitting here again. I'm going to join Adam uh, on this one. So Adam and I had Elvis for makeup and hairstyling, where Tyler and Aaron had the whale. So Aaron <laughs> and Tyler are taking Elvis here for costumes, while Adam and I will take Black Panther. Um, I think there's just too much emotion for Black Panther for it to not win really anything. And I'm going to be honest, when we start to get down this list, there's not a lot of other opportunities for that movie to win awards. So, um, But we are best visual effects uh, which is an exciting one for us as we head into the technical awards. Uh, all quiet we on the even, Western. Do, do we even need to go around the room on this one? <laughs> are we just, are we? Is oh, everyone's well, going to vote Avatar? Or what are let's we let's <laughs> list the nominees at least. All quiet on the Western <laughs> front. Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, Top Gun, Maverick. I mean, we can make this a quick pick. I, I think Avatar <laughs> is the obvious. Is there any, and actually, I think on the Vegas odds, is there anything that's like, this is one of those ones to where the numbers are just ridiculous. Like if you were going to bet. Top Gun is like the next closest at like plus a thousand in most books. So plus 1200, yeah. I think. So So what are we thinking? So Tyler and I obviously just picked Avatar. With Avatar, Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, Adam it's, it's Aaron. It's yeah, Avatar. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah okay. I picked Avatar. All right. All right. I, that, that one seems obvious. Like that one just seems like an obvious one. So. Right. All right. So best production design. Um, I feel like this one might be obvious too, but I could be wrong here. We've got again, all quiet on the Western front, Avatar, the way of water, instead of the Batman, it's Babylon and Elvis and the fable, 
Fablemans that change it up. Adam, um, I'll let you kick us off here for best production design. Uh, so this one, I, I'm kind of torn with. Uh, yeah, I, I think, again, I think it's going to be Elvis because you're recreating, again, you're recreating stuff that everybody knows. And, and that goes one way or the other. Either it's so good that everybody's like, yeah, that's amazing that they've done that. Or it's somebody had already done it and you just copied. So that's not really impressive. But I think, I, I'm with you, I think it, Elvis is not going to get a whole lot. And so they're going to scoop up some of these some of these more technical ones. Right. All right. Aaron, what are you thinking? Production I'm going to I'm going to go Babylon for this one. Babylon's okay. getting a lot of praise and I think that it's got a really good chance of winning. So that's my pick. So Babylon's not going to win anything else. Like it's not going to win anything else. And as much as this movie just disappeared from award contention in a lot of major ways when it was supposed to be there, the understanding of it, it's still a spectacle of a mm -hmm. film. Like it's still a big deal. And more importantly, it's capturing go like golden age era of Hollywood. Uh, this is a huge thing. I think Babylon's the pick. However, I do just want to remind that last year I went West Side Story on production design. The only one not to pick Dune because I thought this is capturing a golden era of something from the past and is a big deal. So I'm going to do it again. Hopefully I'm right this time, but I could end up eating my words on it. Uh, all right, Tyler, round us out. Production design? Yeah, um, it is a very – there's not much else to recommend Babylon. Like you said, it's probably not going to win any other awards. It it has a chance in score maybe, but it's not going to win anything else. It also won the BAFTA for production design. It also won the Hollywood Critics Association for production design. And I think it won like one of the other big um, – Production is oh the art directors guild award for production design so Babylon is I think the odds on favorite and also just like you said it's not going to win anything else like this is it's going to be its one trophy so no Chazelle is still a favorite in the Academy and even though his film didn't get much praise I don't maybe people are still like oh that whole La La Land thing for best picture maybe they're still <laughs> like we need to give this guy something um, all right so best sound is the next one uh, for those of you that aren't familiar what was that four or five years ago. They switched from sound, the two different sound awards, and just were like, this is too confusing. Sound Let's design and one. sound editing, which are right. very different. Let's but... put it into one. Um, and we would actually, if you go back to some of our older episodes, you can look at where we kind of break down the differences of them. Uh, but oftentimes you would see picks be kind of weird because we're like, this one should totally win for sound editing, not sound design. And then it went, you know. So they, anyways, long story short, they put it all in the best sound. We've got All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of the Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. Aaron, you get to kick us off for best sound. Oh, I'm going Top Gun all the way on um, this one. All right, Top <laughs> Gun. That one's, that one's going to win. <laughs> um, Me. I, You know what? I'm going to agree with Aaron on this one, partly because... I think Top Gun is going to get more wins than I'm probably even going to give it credit for uh, on this vote. I there is a lot of love for Top Gun and a lot of love from the industry thinking like you, you rescued the box office, right? So, and Steven Spielberg going to bat for it at before, as Tyler mentioned, ballots are even in things like that. I think there's a lot of opportunity for Top Gun, but the sound partly because Tom Cruise is just a wonderfully psychotic when it comes to the detail and realism of things. We get so much of that real jet, like not just the visuals, but the sounds. Too. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Tyler, what are you thinking? Yeah. Maverick's my pick. It's, it's picking up all the awards that you would expect it to get. 
Um, and I think, like you're right, I think it's going to win more than people expect. Um, but this is going to be its first win of the night. Right. All right. Adam, you're nodding. Yeah. Yeah. It's Top Gun. And, and you know, technically, sound wise, it is very good. I mean, it's, it's as, to me, as a slam dunk as Dune was. So, right. <laughs> I think uh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. I kept last year's in here just to be sure. And uh, yeah, we all, there was five of us that picked last year. We all picked Dune and it, it obviously won best sound. All right. Best film editing. This is where I think we start to get interesting. We get a little harder on some choices here. We've got the Banshees of Inishirin, which is for all uh, the best way to explain it is seemingly just a very big award darling this year. Like people see it, the uh, nominations, everything Elvis, which we've already mentioned that name how many times now. And to be honest, not a lot of people thought it was going to get into all these nominations and wins everything everywhere all at once, which took the world by storm, took me by storm. And uh, I left my hot dog fingers downstairs so I can't pull them out for any everything everywhere all at once picks. Um, <laughs> Tar, which I don't don't know. It seems to be more about the performances. And then Top Gun Maverick, which we were just praising. Um, I am leading into that because I guess I'm the first one to pick here. I think everything everywhere all at once is potentially the favorite and I want to pick it. The editing is just absolutely brilliant in it. But I, I think this is where I say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Top Gun. I'm going to say Top Gun is the one who's going to win. And it's going to be because, like I said, I think it's just going to get more of that, like, you did you did, you did did good. You did good. <laughs> so, uh, Tyler, what are you thinking? Everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. It's, it's, you took a story that could have been completely and utterly incomprehensible and incoherent and made it very clear while mm -hmm. still being insanely wild and that's a feat in and of itself in editing not just how good the editing is but this is this is not the this is not the kind of movie where you're just like let's pick the best of these three scenes that we filmed three times like mm -hmm. this is something else entirely from an editing standpoint and i don't see it not winning and it's won a lot of other editing awards already including the bafta so right uh adam everything everywhere all at once okay and aaron Oh my gosh. Okay. So originally I picked Top Gun because I just thought uh, I was on the fence, but I thought Top Gun was probably just a shoe in. But now, you know, but now I'm, I'm, I'm almost changing my mind because I do love everything everywhere at once. It is really phenomenal. And the way Tyler just put that, like you're creating something out of this chaos. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to go with my, no, I'm going to go with Top Gun. I'm going to stick with okay. my original. Stick with yeah. the original? Yeah, I'm going to regret I, I, that I will say I'm going <laughs> to regret it too. I'm going to regret it too because when we get to the acting nominations, I'm going to say some things about everything everywhere all at once. That completely contradicts what I picked here. I do think in my mind, everything everywhere all at once is the best edited film of the year. And it's exactly what Tyler was saying is it's that movie could have been just a train wreck if not edited properly. Mm -hmm. And I I'll, I'll save it for when we get there, but I, I just think, I just think Top Gun's going to get a lot more picks than I was originally giving credit for. So I'm trying to make up for it. So. Yeah. I also can't beat Tyler if I just keep picking the same thing. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Um, so maybe one of, and this is going to be super hard for Tyler on best cinematography as we head in there. Cause Roger Deakins is nominated, but he's not the favorite here, which is, and Tyler, that's his boy. But uh, we do have All Quiet on the Western Front, James Friend, Bardo, False Chronicles of a Handfuls of Truth, Darius Kanji, Elvis, 
Mandy Walker, Empire of Light, Roger Deakins, and Tar, Florian Hoffmeister. This is a t- I, I like we've had a couple we haven't been sure on. This is where I think we really start getting into the we're going to see that the back half of this award show this year is going to be really, really tough to pick. It is going to be kind of a wide open field, but Tyler, why don't you give us some thoughts on best cinematography? I mean, you, you said it. Roger's my guy. Um, Roger's almost more well-known for losing Oscars than he is for winning them though. <laughs> so let's be clear. He like his, and he's, he's lost some <laughs> that I'm still angry about life of pie beating him. I don't want to talk about it. It's that was, <laughs> that was a kid on a boat in front of a green screen. That's not cinematography. Don't tell me it is, but <laughs> he finally got his win with Blade Runner 2049. Um, Empire of light is beautifully shot because everything that Roger Deakins shoot is beautifully shot. No one really saw empire of light. I don't know that anyone's going to go out of their way to see empire of light. And, I also really like James Friend. James Friend is an amazing cinematographer and All Question on the Western Front is viscerally shot. It's insanely well shot and I think it's going to win in a walk. I don't know that there's anyone else that has a chance to win this one. Adam, you're nodding again in agreement. Yeah, it's all quiet on the Western Front and Tyler put it quite well. It is viscerally shot. You, The way it's shot, you feel what is happening in that movie. It's not just, doesn't wash over you. It attacks you viciously. Definitely. Aaron, thoughts? Oh, I I agree with that. Um, and it's probably going to win. This one, though, I'm completely switching it up. And I'm going to go with my heart. I'm pulling Adam. And I'm going to go Bardo. Bardo? I, so first of all... I'm just completely switching it up. <laughs> my thoughts. And first of all, brave on you. I gave you the pressure of having to beat Tyler. So she's picking against Tyler. Which <laughs> yeah, brave no, on that's... you for <laughs> Um, and a, you don't have to hold that Aaron. mantle. You don't have to hold that mantle. It's all of ours. Uh, but uh, uh, Bardo, and uh, we just watched Birdman last night, and Aaron had never seen Birdman before. And thinking of it made me more think more of Bardo. Bardo, actually, both All Quiet on the Western Front and Bardo both mm-hmm. were in my top ten movies of the year. If you go look at the list on Project Nerd, both were phenomenal. And for the big reason these two were in there is just because of how masterfully they are shot. They are phenomenal. I just think Bardo's. Uh, a stretch pick i want it for my heart the same too because i just think anything in order to makes is just so masterfully you know shot but i think adam you won me over with when i watched all quiet on the western front like i had anxiety i had anxiety in some of those moments i was just not feeling good and i think that moment where the tanks come through or the pit scene and stuff like that and this kind of goes back to what we're talking about with editing how everything everywhere all at once could have been a mess you could have totally taken some intensity out of those scenes if you shot them differently. And it was just shot wonderfully that whole opening sequence, like even, but so I'm going to go, I'm going to stay safe and go all quiet on the Western front. If Bardo wins though, I will cheer it with you, Aaron, because I do love, I loved it. I loved it. I also loved all quiet on the Western front though. Right. They are both pretty solid in, in terms of that, but we're going to head on over to some music here in my list pulled up. First, we're going to start with best original score. We have All Quiet on the Western Front again, Babylon, The Banshees of Inishir, and Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans. I believe, Aaron, we're at you to start? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> this one was a little harder, I think. I mainly just did some research for this one on kind of what the front runners were, and I think Babylon has a really good chance. Okay. So I'm going to go Babylon for this. Keep it safe. All right. Um, 
I will. Oh, I picked. I think actually that was Adam's first go, but we'll switch back to the next one. You'll get song. Um, I'm next. I love Justin Hurwitz so much. First of all, just because of La La Land alone, like I just give him every score award you can. I just think I don't know. This one's hard. This one I think is closer than it's going to be. I'm going to stick with Justin Hurwitz because I'm just going to go listen to La La Land after this. That's that's <laughs> all it's going to be. Tyler, what are you thinking? Yeah, I I really. I think this is Babylon's one other shot of winning. Basically, as it is, Justin, it is a very good score. Um, I wasn't sold on it, but then it kind of started sweeping all the other awards. It won the Golden Globe. It won the Critics. Oh, it didn't win the Critics. It won the Golden Globe. Won a bunch of Film Society ones. And it won one other big one. I think it did. It, win, it didn't win the BAFTA, but it did win the Golden Globe. Golden Globes are usually a pretty good indicator in this category. It's a really good score. I'm just... Justin Hurwitz is hard to beat against, bet against. I don't know which other one I would pick if I didn't pick him. Not that any of them are not all, they're not, they're all good, but I don't, right. there's not another one that stands out like this one does. All right. Adam. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Babylon for your production okay. design reason. It just fits the period and what they're trying for. And that's something I think Hurwitz does really, really well is, is match the music to the feel. Um, so I think it, yeah, that's easy. Perfect. All right, so the other half of the audio side, best original song, which we'll get all five of these and just confirmed this weekend, Rihanna will be performing Pregnant on Stage again. Um, this time <laughs> this time the world will know, so Twitter will I, have to talk I, about I think else. most of the headlines, and they're, they're the joke is played out at this point, but it's like uh, the Oscars will be held during a Rihanna concert. During Rihanna, right, <laughs> pretty much. Um, but we have applause from Tell It Like a Woman, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, Lift Me Up, which is Rihanna's from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Nachu Nachu from RRR, This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I, Adam, I said I'd let you get first on this one, but I have to. This is my favorite category this year because the best thing to happen in cinema this year was that sequence of Nachu Nachu and RRR. That movie was mind-blowing. And the fact it's not nominated for best at picture or international feature, India messed up big on the international feature, but it should have been nominated there i absolutely love that sequence go watch the go watch that three minutes like just go to youtube and watch it and watch it over and over again i hope they perform it like that on stage not you not you it's the front runner this movie deserves a lot more awards than it's going to get as well and i absolutely love the song tyler go ahead yes it is not you not you not you not you going to win it has to win only because it's the only category in which it's nominated and i think the academy is going to do what they can to give it something the reason it's not an international film best international film involves a lot of weird politics around movie making in, in India, but it's sad. It's upsetting, but I'm glad that so many people saw this hats off to like Netflix to like getting it out there in front of people because mm -hmm. I, there's not, I can't think of a foreign film in recent history that has captured as many people who wouldn't normally watch a movie like with subtitles. That's foreign. That's three plus hours long that have seen this movie. So, right. It needs Adam. to get some sort of accolade, and this will be the one it gets. So, Adam, think it's so yeah, I, yeah, I think it is. I it, I have flipped back and forth between that and and um, lift me up for Black Panther because I think for the same kind of reasons, there's not a lot of not a lot of awards it's going to win, and it's you know almost a a nod to Chadwick, um, and and so I could. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna actually pick Black Panther, and I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna take the okay. I'm gonna take the loss on this one, okay. and, and that's I'm okay with that because 
But gamble, gamble big. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, just not too big. I'm, not I'm, too big. I'm gonna get, I, yeah, I'm gonna get last anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Black Panther. Right. So we are at best international feature, and I'm gonna kind of to what Tyler was saying for a movie to to qualify for this, the country whose English whose language cannot be English must submit this. So in theory. RRR could be nominated for any other category, but because India, and as Tyler mentioned, the politics of it lean more towards Bollywood as opposed to Tollywood, which is an RRR film. A lot of interesting information you can dig out there. It's, it is crazy. It's not even here and talked about. However, at the same time- The other thing is, is each country can also only submit right, one movie. One movie, one movie. However, at the same time, there is a, we have come to learn that if you are in this category- and you're also nominated for best picture, you pretty much have uh, a clear winner. And we'll just mention that even though Argentina, Argentina 1985 gets a lot of love and praise, Close from Belgium, EO from Poland, The Quiet Girl from Ireland, All Quiet on the Western Front from Germany is the clear, clear front runner. Adam, why don't you kick us off since we skipped you, I think, last time. Are you picking anything else? Is there anything challenging All Quiet on the Western Front? I don't think so. No, okay. I think it's it's all quiet on the Western Front and and in the German. I think is particularly. I mean, for for a movie that we talked about being visceral, you throw in the German language, and it is even more so. <laughs> right, Aaron. All quiet on the Western Front. It's going to win. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, I'm in agreement. Um, Tyler. All quiet. Okay. Easy win. Easy win. All right. Um, we are to best documentary feature. And this is one that I'm going to say I'm a little upset with myself because normally I do watch a lot more documentaries and have been very familiar with the ones. I don't know. Maybe I'm still mad at the Academy for not giving the obvious, the killing act its win back when the draft house films should have had their first and only win. Um, but that's actually not the real reason. Just too busy. And there are some interesting, interesting plots in these documentaries nominated this year. Uh, we do have All That Breeze, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. I believe, was it just last year that uh, we had, I'm going back to it, was, oh no, it was two years ago when we had the My Octopus Teacher kind of just blindside everybody. It built, so it wasn't a clear blindside, but took on a couple of documentaries about race and stuff too, so... I don't know. It, it's hard to pick just based on the topics alone. Tyler, why don't you kick us off for best documentary feature? Yeah, this one's tricky. I don't know that there's a clear favorite. There's some that have slightly better odds than others. I would say just due to the condi like the conditions in the world as it is right now, I think uh, Navalny is the is probably the favorite just because of the issues that it dives into, because of the subject matter, the topic. Um, if you're not familiar, it is about the Russian opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, who's been like put in prison, all the stuff and ha digs into deep, a lot of like the forces at play when it comes to like the, you know, political situation as it stands in Russia over the last like couple decades. So just due to like current events, I think it's probably the favorite. All right, Adam, what are you thinking? Yeah, same. I think it is going to be Navalny. Um, okay. Hard to beat that subject, especially as we just, eclipse the year of the, a year anniversary of the russian invasion so all right aaron uh, those are fair points i um unfortunately didn't see most of these but i 
I'm going to because documentaries are my are my jam. But I was uh, reading up on it, and I think that all the beauty and the bloodshed has a really good chance of winning. So I'm going to actually go for this one. Well, I was going to go all the beauty and the bloodshed as well, just because it seemed like. But I think Adam just convinced me with we did just hit the one year mark, Ukraine. The voting is just start. Like I feel like right now there's going to be. Uh, good old Vlad out there in Russia is not a favorite in Hollywood right now. So um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the guys on this one. Uh, but all the beauty and the bloodshed, I feel like could be the other one that possibly yeah. wins. So we had the best animated feature, which is the most confusing thing in the world this year, because first of all, one of the most charming and unique and cute movies of the year, Marcel, the shell with shoes on is nominated here. However, Avatar The Way of Water, which has more animation and effects on screen, is not and is nominated for Best Picture. Um, it's, it's weird, but I don't think it's going to matter anyways, because if we have a handful of categories like we do every year where there is a very, very clear favorite. Um, and as I go through the nominees, you all might know which one that is. And it's there's Gelmero del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. The Sea Beast and Turning Red. Um, Puss in Boots got a lot of love there at the end. And my son still hasn't shut up about it. He's Obsessed 18. With he's, it. he's not. He's not ten. He wasn't the target audience. Saw it right? like four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, Adam, where do you think this is going to land? Um, or do you think there's any challenger for Del Toro here? No, no challenger for Del Toro. He uh, perfect movie for him. Perfectly done. Yeah, easy. Aaron, I know I watched this without you and got in trouble. So what do you what do you think? <laughs> well, as much as I love Marcel the Shell with shoes on, it's hard to say. I'm gonna go Pinocchio because I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Listen, fine. I'm a. I mean, just word for word what Aaron said. I want Marcel to win here, but uh, Pinocchio is the right choice. And it was it was a very different take on Pinocchio. Like that open that whole opening was. Was pretty rough, but uh, Tyler, what are you thinking? Uh, Marcel the Selfish Shoes was a lot of fun. It also made me feel really old when the number of people I spoke to who were not familiar with the original like YouTube shorts from when like Marcel first hit the scene, which I was like, wait, you don't remember that this was? I'm really old, but uh, I really actually liked all these movies. They were all pretty fun. I think if you haven't seen the Sea Beast Jet on Netflix, it's surprisingly good. It's it's really fun. Netflix keeps coming out with these like sneaky ones. Um, that no one really watches because no one really watches things on Netflix anymore. And it's it's really fun. But Guillermo was going to win. Pinocchio was really good. It's going to win in a walk. I don't, there's no, no competition there. Right. And you're, you're bringing up memories of last year where Mitchell's versus Machines should have totally won Best Animated Feature. Yes. Uh, listen, the Sea Beast is not as good as Mitchell's versus the Machine, but it is a lot better than the number of people who have probably seen it. I'll put it that okay. way. Okay. And it's got Carl Urban in it. And I like Carl Urban and everything. Oh, I love Carl Urban so much. So, all right. We've made it. We've made it, crew. We've made it to our big, big categories. Our acting categories, our director categories, our screenplay categories. And then, of course, it'll all end in best feature. Um, we're going to kick it off with actress in a supporting role, which I don't know. I feel like this is getting harder than it used to be to pick here. We have Angela Bassett in Black Panther. We have Hong Chao in The Well. Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Inishirin. I know one of uh, Tyler's favorites there. 
Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything Everywhere All at Once, Stephanie Stephanie Sue in Everything Everywhere All at Once. This is where I wanted to touch on some things with the acting, um, but it's not my turn to go first. I get out of order. Aaron, who are you thinking is going to win actress in a supporting role? Well, personal choices. Uh, on a personal level, I, I really liked Hong Chao's performance in The Whale, actually, very much. Um, Stephanie Sue and Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think she did a great job. I don't think those are going to win. I think Angela Bassett's going to win. Okay. That's going to be my safe choice. So my thought is Everything Everywhere Once was my favorite movie of the year. It's on the top 10 list. The three of y'all haven't heard me shut up about it since I've seen it. Like, I, I'm not joking when I say I have the hot dog fingers in the house. Um, I did look to see how much the bid for the actual Rakakuni is going for. $6,000, a little bit out of my budget. So unfortunately, <laughs> can't do that. But um, this is where I think Everything Everywhere All Once was made. And it was as good as it was because it, the aforementioned editing the practical special effects and the directing on it. The performances were solid. I'm not going to say they weren't, but I don't think these are award-winning performances. Most of them. We'll, we'll get there when we talk about Michelle Yao in, in a minute, but most of these other ones. So I do think as well, they are going to get passed on. And I love the idea of Jamie Lee Curtis being nominated and, it, and her getting much more buzz because of just Jamie Lee Curtis being Jamie Lee Curtis and being caught just being a real person all the time is so great. But I also know Angela Bassett gave, if there is one thing I look at for Wakanda forever and say, take three things away that are the best things that movie, there are two or three scenes that are hurt that are pretty much it. That would round that out. And it's short. She's, you know, she's not fully in it. It's not all about her but she puts out every bit of emotion there is to the point where you would think Chadwick Boseman was actually her son or something there. I think mixed with the emotion of that, that's a safe pick, but I think it's well-deserved too. Tyler. Yeah. This one's tricky for me. Like you, you mentioned while everything everywhere all at once was definitely my favorite movie of the year. Banshees and Sheeran. I loved so much. So, so, so much. And I love Carrie Condon in it. I love Carrie Condon in all things. And I think early into the award season, she was definitely a favorite in this category. As the season has gone on, it's it has narrowed a little bit with, I think, Angela Bassett passing her. This is one of those ones where we talk about where we're doing this and where the Oscars fall. That's doing. I think after tonight, when the SAG Awards go out, I could tell you with one, I can tell you, I'll be able to tell you with 100% who's going to win this award. Um until then, I'm kind of flipping the coin. So I'm going to go with Angela Bassett. If Angela Bassett wins tonight, she is going to win the Oscar. If Carrie Condon, or honestly, if anyone else wins the the SAG Award tonight, I think Carrie Condon might win the Oscar. So Okay. Adam. A lot yeah, of nodding. A lot of nodding yeah. after Tyler's choice. <laughs> well, I go after him every time. And, and as much <laughs> as I, I don't want it to be the case he makes a lot of good points it's really really annoying um it really is no i think if, i mean you mentioned it as well that that scene at the at the un or nato or whatever it was for angela bassett the the you can feel the you know the passion and the the intensity of of her acting um for such a small role it's easily the most memorable in the entire movie um, and so I think, I think it's going to be Angela Bassett. Well, very, very well-deserved yeah. actor in a supporting role. And I think the supporting roles are going to be a little bit easier to pick. And I do agree with Tyler. We might see 
some more clarity. This one might be the easiest of the four acting ones, though. Um, for actor in a supporting role, you have some really solid ones. Brendan Gleeson in The Banshees of Inishirin. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans. Barry Keegan in The Banshees of Inishirin. And Kay Hoi Kwan in Everything, Everywhere at Once. First of all, can we just talk about Barry, Barry Keegan in that movie? Like, he is just... <laughs> I, I love every bit of him. And to know that he stumbled into a audition is what got his acting kicked off after being passed around as an orphan. It's just heartwarming. Um, and his performance, it just, I don't even understand half of what he said right when he said it, but that's what made it even more charming. Um, but I think, and rightfully so it's great to see him back and it's great to see everybody praising Quan for everything, everywhere at once. I, I think this is an easy choice for the win. If he doesn't win, I wouldn't be heartbroken, but I'm, I feel like it's going to be him. And Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be uh, Kia Kwan. Like, I think it's going to be, I think of the four acting categories, I think this is the one that's kind of most settled right now as far as like buzz, as far as other awards that have been handed out. And it's just been like this resurgence, this victory lap that he's been able to take after dropping out of the business after not being able to get any work after two huge movies to his credit mm -hmm. and then coming back and then just like all the love. And I mean, he's impossible. You listen to any interview with him. He's impossible not to just, he's so delightful. So he will definitely win this. So, all right. Adam's holding up his, his hard hand there. Yeah. It's that it's, it's an easy choice. I, I really want it to be Barry because I think in some really strong performances and Banshees, he holds his own against, unbelievably established actors and and colin farrell and and uh gleason but it, it yeah it's it's not going to be him unfortunately as much as i want it to be aaron are you making this clean sweep here yeah i have to yeah i also really like barry and have this I, I i wish that he would win but he's he's not going to win this category but i i loved him in that film Me even in the Eternals, like he was like steps ahead of everybody else. Like it was just, so I great. don't know. I want to see more of him for sure. He's a very interesting looking person. He falls <laughs> into that category of like, a, um, not blanking on anyone that I would put in this category, but he's, you, you, you notice him, but like the movie I first remember him from is a kill, the killing of a sacred deer. If you've never seen that movie, go back and watch it. It's, he's so good in it and it's mm. such a good film. Um, all right. Keegan Love, all the way around. We'll just have to do a whole episode on <laughs> actress in a leading role, though. Um, this was Kate Blanchett's for Tars to lose. Um, a lot, but nominated Anna de Armas in Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for to Leslie, as we talked about at the beginning of the episode, Michelle Williams in The Fableman. But now Blanchett's challenger, Michelle Yao in Everything Everywhere at Once. I think we have gotten closer and closer to a two-horse race here. Um I, Tyler, you're kicking us off. I, I, is this going to depend on what happens at the SAG as well? Or is, I mean, here, here's the thing. Who's going to win this, I don't think, is determined by the SAG. But whoever wins the SAG tonight all of a sudden shoots. Like, here's me put it this way. If Kate Blanchett wins the SAG tonight, she 100% is winning the Oscar. Like, the odds right now are already pretty heavily in her favor. If she wins the SAG tonight, she's going to win the Oscar. If Michelle wins the SAG tonight, it all of a sudden becomes almost a coin flip. I would still say that Kate's still the favorite, but... Because basically at this point, Kate's won the Critics' Choice, she's won the Golden Globe, and she's won the BAFTA, and Michelle won the, the Golden Globe because they were both in the two separate categories, musical and comedy versus drama. Um, 
I Michelle Yeoh's performance. Hey, here's Michelle Yeoh's performance is fantastic. So is Kate Blanchett's. I, if I take the sag out of it, it's Kate Blanchett's. I'm just going to go. It's Kate Blanchett's. Okay. As the world stands right now, it's Kate Blanchett's to lose. Like you said, I think she's going to win. If she wins tonight, it's it's a lock. All right, Adam. What are you thinking? I think it's Michelle. Okay. I really do. So I think, I think as it stands right now, the controversy around the 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 politicking and the and the the getting um the the getting Andrea Riseborough nominated people you know campaigning for her effectively on social media and stuff like that I think to the detriment of of women of color I think is going to push some people to I mean it it feels like it, they're giving Michelle something she doesn't deserve but that, and that's definitely not the case she's a fantastic fantastic actress uh, and she just phenomenal in this movie but i think it's going to make that a little more cognizant of a uh, decision for a lot of people and so i think she's going to get some benefit from that all right aaron the gentlemen are split on this one where do you thinking oh that's hard i think that kate blanchett has a very good chance of winning uh but i'm gonna go michelle yao i it's a personal choice it's a personal favorite for this one and i think that she has a really good chance of winning too so Hopefully. <laughs> Everything about me wants to pick Michelle Yao here, and she has built so much steam. And again, a big part of it's thanks to Jamie Lee Curtis, his viral sensation at the Golden Globes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just don't know. It, it seems like since the moment that the movie was first screened at film festivals, Tar has not been talked about in any other aspect other than Blanchett's performance. And I know we've gotten so far away from it but it's it would at the end of the day when you look at the history of the academy awards biopics are i mean it's biopics they love when you portray somebody very well uh and i want to pick michelle Yao, but i'm gonna go a little safer here on this one and and stick with blanchette and split the field uh, so tyler and i will take kate while y'all take michelle I'm rooting for you guys, kind of. <laughs> Depends how close the score is at this point in the night, but other than that. All right, actor in a leading role. This one has also gotten much more complicated as we've gotten closer to it. It's Austin Butler and Elvis, Colin Farrell and the Banshees of Inisherin, Brandon Fraser in The Well, Paul Mescal and After Sun, Bill Nye in Living. Those first three, Butler, Farrell, Fraser, have all won something. They've all won something for it. And not that he's probably going to be in this race but now he's getting a lot of love for the in living and i think in any other year this might have been a chance for him adam what do you think about this field who's going to win it's solid i that's what i think about this field i mean it is it is tough and, you, and you're absolutely right i don't think now he will um but man he is good in that he, he's really really good so looking at it i i want it to be colin farrell i think he did a fantastic job whenever he gets to just use his regular accent doesn't have to try to be an american his acting improves tenfold it's, <laughs> it's, it's really insane um but i think it's going to be austin butler i mean you mentioned it last category biopics if they do well and god he has done well and certainly you have all the articles about how you know learning to talk like Elvis maybe has changed the way he actually speaks for the rest of his life. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's insane. So while I don't think the movie is 
fantastic. I think he did a tremendous, tremendous job. And so I think it will end up being Austin Butler. Okay. Austin Butler, Aaron, what are you thinking here? Oh, Austin Butler did do a great job. He really did. Um, it was very believable. I think I'm not sure if he'll win this category though. I, I think I'm going to go with Colin Farrell for this one. I think he's a pretty, I think he's a, got a good chance of winning. Um, that's a, that's a big pick there. I think um, <laughs> Colin Farrell this year, he's not getting enough love for the year he's had. There's first of all, after Yang, which if that movie would have gotten more attention, there's a lot of talk about his performance and that being a possible nomination, even that he could have been nominated multiple times over. He was in the Batman and him as the penguin. I, I mean, that might be the best part of the movie. Uh, 13 Lives, which I didn't see, but another movie he did that came out this year. And then, of course, The Banshees of Inishirin. And The Banshees is one of those movies that the further I got away from watching it and the more I just thought about those four performances, like that you just couldn't, you couldn't unthink about. Like they were just phenomenal. Everything about Colin Farrell is great here. The, I just, I think the internet love, it, it's hard because it's, it's the internet love of Brendan Fraser and then everything everywhere at once for picture when we get there, is that going to be enough to push these into the front run? And I think a lot of people want to see Frazier win, but he didn't win the golden globe and it went to Butler. Now I'm stalling. Cause I don't know who to pick. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go out on the limb. I think Frazier is still my favorite here to win this. And the well Interesting. lived and died on Frazier's performance alone. He did a great job. Yes. He really did. So we've picked one of each three, Tyler, of that we said are other ones here. Who do you think? I don't want to like, I don't want to be mean about it, but Brent, as much as I love Colin Farrell, he has zero chance of winning this award. And he was fantastic <laughs> in this movie. And it's my second favorite movie of the year, but he's definitely not going to win. It is 100% almost down to a coin flip at this point between Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser. Like you said, Austin Butler did win. Um, the Golden Globe, Austin Butler did win the BAFTA. Um, Brendan Fraser picked up the Critics' Choice Award, which is a big one. Like that's a that's a pretty big indicator in these sorts of things. Can we also indicate though to the Golden Globe? Normally, when it comes to acting categories, is a pretty starts to give you a good idea. Let's not forget though, Fraser was boycotting the Globes. He made public comments about the Globes ahead of time. One hundred percent. So and his a lot of his reason he didn't work regularly for a very long time was due to problems with someone who is very well. It's a whole thing if you're not mm -hmm. familiar with the story, like fairly dig into it. But he did win the Hollywood Critics Association. He did win the Critics Choice Award. Um, it's a, and I hate to say it, I've done this all night. Just and it's it's only because we're picking on the day of the SAG Awards. <laughs> Whichever one of them wins tonight, I bet you is going to win the Oscar. At this at this exact moment, I feel like I got oh, God damn it. I have to go with Austin Butler, and I don't really want to, but I have to go with Austin Butler. <laughs> okay. And not, right. and that's not that's not like a dig against Austin Butler. He's phenomenal in that movie, and oh, you guys all fantastic. know of everyone in this room. I'm by far like the biggest like Bob Lerman apologist in the world, <laughs> even though I didn't love Elvis. Like I've got Bob Lerman's back every day of the week for anything he decides <laughs> to do. Um, but yeah, it's got to be Austin. All right, we are to Best Director, and we have Martin McDonough for the best Banshees of Inisherin. We have Daniels for everything, everywhere all at once. Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, 
and Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness, which, by the way, was a oddly weird, fantastic film that is another one that people should see. I think we are at Aaron for first pick here for director. Uh Um, Spielberg, (laughs) the early favorite. Daniels, they're creeping up there. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen here? Um, Tough to go first on this one. This one was actually really hard. I think that my heart wants everything everywhere all at once to win. I want Daniels to win. I think that Steven Spielberg still actually has a pretty good shot. I didn't love the Fablemans. It was fine. I wasn't blown away by it, but I think that he has a good chance to win this category. I'm going to just go with Steven Spielberg. I'm just going to see what happens. Right. Uh, As much as Tyler talks about being a Lerman apologist, uh, everybody here knows how much I love Martin McDonough as well, which is shared here too, I will say. Like he is fantastic, Um, but I do believe this is a... I guess you could call it a two horse race, although there's two people on one of the horse. Um, so I love the idea of Daniels winning, not just because of everything everywhere at once, but because of Swiss army, man, because of anything else they've made. That is just absurd. Just because it was it turned down for what? Turned down for what? Video? Right? <laughs> like they are just, they don't, they don't fit on this like stage here. Like that this one of these things is not like the other. And I love that, but I'm going to, I came to this point to where I said, whoever wins best director, people are going to vote for that person because they're not putting it as number one for best picture. And because right now, when it comes to it, I still think the Fablemans is a, is a favorite for best picture. Obviously everything everywhere all at once is. I think voters are going to say, I'm not picking the Fablemans. So I'm going to pick Spielberg because he told his story. Right. It, and, and it's that, that too. He told his story. It is boring. I don't care. You, Aaron said it was all right. The Fablemans was kind of boring. Let's just be honest about it. It was just there. But I think because Spielberg is Spielberg and because he's made himself front and center again this winter and is saying all the right things, I think he's going to win it here. Tyler, what say you? Yeah, I mean, you, you stole a lot of the things I was going to say. I was going to reference um, Swiss Army Man. I was going to reference their, their music video career. I love the Daniels. I love the way that they talk. I like their influences. Like they're, I, I like everything about them. Um, I love Steven Spielberg. He's been, you know, an instrumental part of my childhood from top to bottom. So like, it's hard to say, but I would say just based on the number of wins that have already gone out across the country and some of the different categories and just kind of the buzz around the world. I mean, I think it is a two horse race between these two, but I think right now, it is the Daniels to lose, and I'm going to pick okay. the Daniels. Okay. All right. Adam. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, Nikki. I don't think directing in picture people split. I don't I don't think this is a situation where like, oh well, we're not gonna give it best picture, we'll give it best director. That seems fair. I don't I don't think they do that. I think I think the big six effectively, the acting the acting and and picture and director are held almost sacred in the academy and so i i think it's the daniels i i really do that movie for all the reasons we talked about with editing the directing could have you know they could have asked them to do too weird of a thing or not weird enough to fit fit the moment and they got it spot on i think throughout the entire movie and so yeah i think it's going to be the daniels listen if there is one category i picked against 
Tyler or Adam here, like that. I hope it goes your way. I, I hope at this point that the points are different enough by the end of the night that I'm not rooting for Steven Spielberg up there and that y'all are right. <laughs> but we are definitely split here on who we think will do it. Um, all right. We are to the screenplays. And these are more of the splits where I get what you're saying, Adam. I think a lot of times people will pick screenplay in lieu of picking best picture, even though it's completely different. And Aaron and I had a long talk about this this week about screenplays. And I think a lot of times the Academy doesn't treat screenplays the way they should treat screenplays. Definitely uh, not adapted. Right. They don't treat it very well on the right side. Um we have some amazing movies over these next three categories, screenplay and best picture. I, I feel like every year I'm kind of shocked more and more that the type of movies, the Academy picks in these that I'm, I'm like, these are, these are solid. These are solid, like top of the line movies. And we'll start with adapted screenplay. It's all quiet on the Western front, glass onion, a knives out mystery living top gun, Maverick women talking. I, I wrote an article for Project Nerd that already went out this year and the five things the Academy needs to do that I didn't think they would do. And one of them was pick for adapted screenplay, All Quiet on the Western Front. But I don't think they'll do it. And I think it's because we're going to go back to that whole Russian subject matter with documentary. I think women talking has a very important subject here and it's a big deal. That's going to be the winner, and it is the front runner right now. Not to sway anybody else's choices, I'm sure y'all already have them, but I think it's women talking. Tyler, yeah, it's tricky. This one's interesting because of the way that adapted screenplay is now defined. Pretty much anything that's like a sequel to an original screenplay, because of it being like based on characters, falls into this category. So, like Glass Onion is definitely in a, what you would consider an original screenplay, but because it's a it's based on the character from the film the one it's adapted same thing with top gun maverick it's an adapted screenplay because it's a sequel based on characters created for another one especially if like it changes if the screen it also has to do with like the credits of the writer the screenwriter like if you're writing this and you didn't write the original one you're adapting characters created it's a whole it gets screenplay the the definition between the two categories screenplay is gets in the weeds as opposed to like the golden globes between like comedy musical and drama it's like yeah just whatever category we want to put it in it doesn't really matter like there's it gets a little gets a little weird there's a lot of categories in the academy award the rules get a little bit weird um so like top gun Maverick, and glass onion i don't think have a choice don't have a chance regardless just because of that weirdness and you know the type of movie living's not going to win it's foreign language it's a whole thing it's just not going to do it um it is definitely down to all quiet on the western front women talking all quiet on the western front also being one of the few adapted screenplays where it's like the vast majority of the audience even if they don't see movies has probably read the source material for this like it's a book that people read when they were kids for a specific generation but um like you said i also think it's women talking is a very good movie and it had a lot of buzz early in the season and then kind of fell off the map this is its one chance to win an award and i think on that alone it'll get it'll get votes so right. not that right it's at- not deserved it's very good so right adam Adapted yeah it's women it, it's women talking okay it's <laughs> like so, yeah aaron that's what i had as well <laughs> okay perfect yeah we're across the board here uh, original screenplay we have the banshees of inisherin everything everywhere at once the fablemans tar and triangle of sadness tyler you're kicking us off here Original. I I think this one is definitely a tough one. I think it's a it's a coin flip between everything, everywhere, and all at once. Banshees of Inisherin. If there's one thing you can say about Martin McDonough, he is 
of all the of all the skills and talents and abilities he has a writer is the thing about which he is the best and it comes through and like he was a you know a playwright before he was making movies and he's written some amazing stuff and i think sometimes his writing of his screenplays is even better than like the execution but um as much as i love everything like these were my number two favorite movies of the year like there's the the gap between number one number two and then three is very large the gap between (laughs) these two is very small um I think this is the one chance of the night I have. I get to pick Banshees of Inchirnan and be confident in it, and that's what I'm going to do because I didn't really get to pick it very many other times as much as I wanted to. And Adam, sir, what are you thinking? Banshees, yeah, I think I think it, it's unbelievably well written story, and it's the story like it's the writing, it's the dialogue that really drives it. For there's not action scenes, there aren't big set pieces, there's none of that. It is four people trapped on an island talking to each other the whole time. And it is right. so engaging. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's Banshees. Aaron, I also went Banshees, and Banshees was one of those films that I really liked while I was watching it. But after I watched it, the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. I mm-hmm. I think it was really good, and I think it's going to win this category. So I agree. I mean, all three of y'all made points, personal points of, I just fell more in love with it the longer I thought about it, and the more I thought about those characters to this is Tyler mentioning is the chance for it to win when it hasn't had a lot of wins, although it is kind of up there. Uh, but then going back to my love for this guy, Martin, like I love all, all four of his features. He's not made a lot of them yet to date, but uh, they're good movies. I think Banshees wins here. All right. This takes us to best picture. And guess what, Adam, you could start us so you don't have to follow and nod after oh. Tyler. Here's the thing. We're going to go around and you've got to make a strong case for your pick. Um, but I want to know what your top three are. I, I want to, I, well, actually, let's do it this way. I want to hear what your favorite movie of these top 10 were. I want to say, what are the two other chances that are going to win? And then obviously who you think is going to win. Wow. Um, we have all, oh, sorry. We have All Quiet on the Western Front. We have Avatar, The Way of Water. We have The Banshees of Inishirin. We have Elvis. We have Everything Everywhere at Once. We have The Fablemans. We have Tar. We have Top Gun Maverick. We have Triangle of Sadness. We have Women Talking. Okay, and, and what did you want from me? You wanted more than just well, which my was your favorite? So I, I let's mean, actually let's just start here. We'll do it one piece at a time. Everybody, so Adam, just really quickly, which was your favorite of these ten? Not who do you think is going to win? Favorite of these ten, Banshees of Inisherin. And Aaron, what was your favorite of these ten? Of the ten, that's that's tough. Of the ten, I would say everything, everywhere, all at once. And Tyler, everything, yeah. everywhere, all at once. But it's a really close with Banshees. Right, <laughs> everything, everywhere, at once was my favorite, hands down. I, it blew me away. So now, Adam, now that we know what we loved in here, who do you think is going to win? But also, I just want to hear who you think the two potential challengers are for it. Who could end up taking it away? Sure. So I think it's going to be everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. I think the Academy has shown recently a shift to accepting some of these these more kooky movies. I mean, The Shape of Water winning, I think, is a, you know, felt like a watershed moment to where the Academy is like, Hey, this is very bizarre and we really like it. And then parasite winning again, you know, these things are, are atypical. Um, and so I, I, I think that trend kind of continues and I think everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once, because it was so well done. The acting is like you said, it's, it may not be superlative, but it is all so good. Um, and you see that because again, like Banshee's, 
everybody in it is nominated. <laughs> all the main characters are nominated. Um, and it's nominated for all the technical things and all that. I think it's just a, a really, really, really well done movie. I think if there are two others that can challenge realistically, it's going to be Banshees and All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, I just don't know if either of them have the have the strength. This this was one of the one of those years where I I had to try to figure out if there was going to be a, a split where a common second place like Fableman people just put it second because they love Spielberg and they love the Hollywood story and they love all that kind of nonsense that it might actually sneak in and win from being second on everybody's ballot but I don't I don't think it's good enough to be that that many number twos so right. yeah I think it's I think it's those three um, and I I want want it to be Banshees I think it's going to be everything everywhere all right Aaron your pick uh my pick for the winner i'm gonna go everything everywhere all at once i i think people are in love with that right now um i think banshees of inishirin and all quiet on the western front are really close uh they're also in my you know top i also love top gun but it's not going to win best picture but i love that movie yeah but i don't think banshees are all quiet are, are going to win. I think it's going to be everything, everywhere, all at once. All right. So my favorite movie is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And Tyler, you might be thinking the same thing I am. And the way you vote for Best Picture is very different than how the Academy votes for any other category here. And it's ranked choice voting, which I think is great in politics. Because when you're picking from three turds, you, which turd is the best, you know, of that... But I think here it causes a lot of times to wear that outstanding movie that's a little bit of a riskier pick doesn't always win. Listen, Coda, which I didn't see till after the Academy Awards last year, was phenomenal and I cried. But I do want to remind that none of us, the five of us that competed last year, picked Coda to win Best Picture. Um, I actually picked, actually, we were all over the place. I picked Belfast. Adam picked Power, of the, Adam and Tyler both picked Power of the Dog. Let us not forget the Green Book beating Roma and Black Klansmen. Roma, who seemed like a favorite, but was a risky pick because it was still that whole streaming service argument. You know, Black Klansmen, because it dealt with race a little more, a little more hard than Green Book did. And that gets, that gets rough. Uh, just ask Spike about that. You know, the Academy doesn't go to that. I want everything everywhere it wants to be here. I am going to be cheering for it, even though I'm about to pick against it. I am going to for the, probably the first time ever in watching the Academy Awards, jump up and cheer for a movie to win Best Picture if this wins it. This movie was a game changer for me. This movie I, I loved to every level. I cried at this movie. But uh, uh, every time I've seen it, I've cried at this movie. I can't get past that part. The, the parent-daughter relationship, the uh, daughter identifying you know, as queer, like my daughter is there. It, it just hit me in all the right spots while at the same time had just those awkward comical moments that Daniels that we were talking about can do. And I think of the things, the making of it, I've watched the special effects stuff to where he just walked down New York with his cell phone to capture it to where it would, that's the video. Or they just dragged her on a chair with a fan blowing on her air. Everything about it makes it phenomenal. And I want this movie to win. And I think this is our number one challenger to what will be it. But I think, Adam, I'm going to go 
with where you were leading, but you said you don't think it is. I think the Fablemans, Steven Spielberg and the Fablemans is the safe choice. And everybody's ballot is going to have it in the top three, unfortunately. And I think Banshees of Inishirin and everything everywhere at once is going to split. And it's going to allow the Fablemans to creep up in there. That's what I think. So I think it is those three, the Fablemans with Banshees and everything everywhere at once challenging it. And God, I hope I'm wrong. But ah, you gave you gave it a mouth. If that happens, I'm flying to Denver and punching you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Tyler, what do you got for us? So it, it was my favorite movie, and I think it is going to be everything, everywhere at once. I think its number one challenger is probably Banshees. I think All Quiet probably has a little bit of push underneath it, but because it's going to win Best for it, it's not going to. Um, yeah, the way they've changed the voting for Best Picture, the fact that it gets nominated by everyone in all, like 17 branches of the Academy gets to vote for the nominations, and then everyone gets to vote Everyone gets to vote for everything once the nominations are in, but this is the only one where everyone gets to vote on the nomination. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's any way at this point in the process, based on kind of like where everything's fallen, where everything everywhere all doesn't, doesn't win. But like you said, because of ranked choice voting, something can sneak up on it. Um, I think the one that like I want to give more attention to just because I think it's almost become a joke because we've talked about all these other movies to some extent, but to this one, we've really only talked about Tom Cruise. Like for all, for all, for all intents and purposes, like whatever else you want to say about it, Top Gun Maverick was still a really, really good movie. Like and it's a really it's, well-made movie. Uh, the other all, four we've mentioned, that's also one that could have a chance. It here. could sneak in there because it is just so yeah, I mean, say what you will about Tom Cruise. He loves movies and he loves movie making and he takes it to a degree that's kind of creepy. And if he's an executive producer <laughs> on a movie, like, you know, every little piece of it's going to be so well-tuned. And sometimes you don't want that. But like when it comes to giant blockbusters, like there's not many people better than him at making one. And I, I think because it's like the movie that saves cinema and because he finished the movie and put it in a can and held it for two years because he's like, it's not coming out until... I can put it in theaters and everyone come and see it kind of thing, but it's not going to win. Neither is all quiet. Neither is Manchies and neither is Fableman's everything everywhere. I want is going to win. And I'm happy that it's going to win, but there were some really good movies this year. I think more, I think there were more good movies this year than people gave it the year credit for. So I do, I do at uh, this top 10, like go see triangle of sadness. If you thought, <sighs> if you thought, uh, you know, some of these other movies, that is a, weird weirdly fantastic movie it's so um, weird you know glass Woody harrelson in that oh my god okay he's oh. so great in it too um which i hate to say that right now considering all other things he's about but he was fantastic in it and glass onion obviously was what you would expect from that uh you know we we think of some of these other ones i i haven't seen living but as we mentioned bill nye is supposedly incredible in it um the Tyler menu makes... was a lot of fun. I saw oh, God, that. The menu was uh, so great. If you love, I mean, you have to be on Noah's wavelength. But if you're on Noah's wavelength, White Noise was a ton of fun on oh, Netflix. You should yeah. definitely watch that. Um, God, what else? The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I don't know if you oh, haven't seen that movie. That's one of the that greatest was, movies of the year. Was it was fantastic. Of, that was, it out was of hilarious. Ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I think a lot of and and is one we talked about best song and unfortunately is not sitting in best international feature. I don't care if you're not a big fan of India cinema. RRR is the most absurdly phenomenal thing I think I have seen in a long time. And it is. It just was an eclectic style of movies this year. So I don't know. I'm excited. It felt like movies were back. 
in so many different ways after a couple rough years and uh, excited to see what we get this year too. All right, crew, we picked <laughs> ahead of the Sags, unfortunately for, for Tyler. I know he was there. I think there's enough differentiators, enough differences through the, uh, the ones here that we're going to have a clear winner. No, no ties. We'll see who it is. What's the gonna... one movie now that we picked them all, what's the one movie and it's not the unbearable weight of massive town as much as I'd like it to be. What's the one movie that came out at some point, probably earlier in the year that was on all these, was on all the radars for all the awards and then just fell off the face of the planet. Like for, what's the one you remember being like, man, this is going to be big in award season and then just disappeared. I know which one mine is. I'm just trying to curious what everyone else's was. If, or well, if everyone has one. I don't think they came out too early, but I think they were, had pre buzz to a level and I can think of two of them. Uh, one of them was Bardo and one of them was Babylon. Um, they both came out in the right time of award season, but I just think they got lost in the mix and weren't as wonderful as their pre-buzz was to a lot of people that would decide it. I really, when I think of Bardo, like when I watched Birdman, like it's, there's a lot of similarities in the way he makes his movies. And I don't understand, like, I love Birdman. Birdman is phenomenal, but I don't understand how that could, best picture and then bardo's like hardly to be found here this year you know like it just uh i don't know so that's mine i guess but again it didn't come out earlier in the year yeah mine were definitely and this one it didn't turn out to be as good as i had hoped and i think it got overshadowed by all the drama but the t- the two i had were don't worry darling i think a lot of people expected more from that and then um the big one though i think is was the woman king just kind of fell off the award season, right? Like just fell off the, the table after a couple of early nominations. So Adam and yeah. Aaron, do you have anything I, missing? I don't know if I have one that was missing. I did really enjoy Amsterdam. And when you saw everything coming out with it to begin with, like you look at that cast, you, David O. Russell, you, you're thinking, okay, here we go again. He's just going to pepper everybody throughout the, the the nominations and it didn't happen with anything like it, it didn't get nominated anywhere nearly um but i thought it was i thought it was fun and i enjoyed that movie and i expected to to see something somewhere and just nothing at all i will say in amsterdam that the one of my five demands that the oscars should have done is bail should have been nominated for like it's the yeah. bail was phenomenal in it the rest of the movie we might have a whole episode of debate on but aaron what do you <laughs> Um, I don't know if there was any, I, I feel like it kind of disappeared. I mean, there are, but I don't know if I was, uh, I mean, there was a couple movies that came out. The Woman King, yeah, I, I do remember hearing about it and then just kind of didn't show up. Um, oh gosh, I love The Menu. That wasn't going to be nominated for anything though. <laughs> so good. I liked Don't Worry Darling. I don't know if it would have been a contender for any of these awards, but I actually liked it. I didn't dislike it. I would just say that, I mean, Florence is definitely carrying Harry all the way through that thing. She does it most things. Um, but, uh, and I, I'm, I am one of the, we talk about being apologists for things. I'm one of the biggest Chris Pine stands on the planet. Like he put Chris Pine in the movie and I'm here for it. I love him. I think he's fantastic. <laughs> and I don't think he gets enough credit for as good of an actor as he is. And I'm super, I, as, as ashamed as I am to say, it, I'm so excited to see him. Um, and Michelle Rodriguez in Dungeons and Dragons. It looks fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
um i do i do want to mention before we close um one chippendale rescue rangers was just the right bit of nostalgia too and then one thing that didn't really it would have never been here too as well but just another movie as i was looking at my list that people should definitely check out brian and charles Uh, i love brian and charles independent feature that was pretty fantastic um oh it made me so sad i think i cried (laughs) it's like embarrassing (laughs) it was it was adorable in all the right ways too um, well, go, but watch, yeah, was... uh, go watch Bullet Train. Just oh, have some God. fun. God, I love Bullet Train so much. Too. <laughs> yeah, so many good movies. But if you want yeah, to check gonna... it out, oh, go, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah. So Tyler brings up a good point, especially in the Oscar talk and everything like that when we do this. There are a lot of movies that are very good and very fun to watch that will never get nominated. And it's okay to go out and watch and like those, right? Like you don't, you don't have to like only the movies that get nominated. <laughs> right. That's fair. Note that it, two we've brought up the menu and the bullet trainer in the tops of my they were both in top 10 in mine this year they were fantastic but i am going to wrap us up you can head on over to projectnerd.com that's project-nerd.com to check out some of our end of the year wrap-up articles and by i mean some of ours i mean mine you can see my favorite movies of the year and i did have some oscar demands pre-nominations and uh unfortunately not many of them stuck we are getting we are getting nachi nachi for best song though and i hope it wins other than that stay tuned to watch the oscars um, we'll be on our Facebook page to post some of the results to see who wins here. In the past, uh, when we we're all in the same city, we used to require the uh, somebody, the last place bought the first place donuts, I think it was. Um, and uh, I don't know. We'll have to think of something when we come back Venmo. together. Right. <laughs> Venmo some donuts. There you go. Oh, money for donuts. Okay. Money that makes donuts. sense. Uh, but I do want to call attention to we are back. This is Press Play. We are going to start getting some more episodes out there regularly, as well as on Project Nerd. You can also. Also check out Two Guys in One Film returning this month as well. And of course, we already have My Funny Friends back. Not to mention whole two note whole series as well as the G-Spot returning this summer. So head on over to Project Nerd. Search for Project Nerd wherever you listen to your podcast. And of course, over on YouTube uh, where you can catch all of our fun video content. But that's it for this Oscar Pick'em, our pretty long episode. I think we finished earlier than we have the past couple of years. So just going to say it, we did pretty good, but signing out, I'm going to put my hand over my microphone for some reason, but signing out for all of us until next time, nerds. Did Project Nerd make that?